It's a momentous occasion. Guys. <laughs> Abigail spent, I just need to say, Abigail spent seven hours? More. I think. You started around, what, like 9.30 a.m.? Technically, I started at 8.30 a.m. because I was on the phone with Campbell as she was getting hers. Sure. Okay. So eight hours, a full-ass work day today, buying Taylor Swift tickets, and she fucking did it, you guys. Guys. <laughs> she got six tickets in a row, lower bowl. I will not say how much we spent. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That should not be public knowledge. Nope. It doesn't matter, but we did it. We did it. Um, we did it. I think we we independently had mental breakdowns. <laughs> I cried in my car. You cried at my house. Yeah. I um I just sat there like comatose for about 30 minutes after. I have never heard you so flustered I, than when you called me. I believe it. I heard myself talking to you like on the phone. I was like, I sound absolutely insane. I don't like to use the word hysterical, but I do feel like it's appropriate. <laughs> it was totally appropriate because I had spent an hour at that point just clicking seats and then having them go away. Clicking seats, having them go away. And I was in class um, with 15 college students who were, to their credit, appropriately excited for us, which was very sweet. I love them so much. So if you're my student and you're listening to this, first of all, what are you doing? Go away. Yeah. Second of all, thank you for being happy for me. <laughs> so we got Taylor Swift tickets. What a day it has been. Um, Abigail came over two hours ago to record this podcast, and we have just been drinking because our adrenaline <laughs> has been through the fucking roof. <laughs> I acquired the tickets probably about four hours ago. I think my heart rate just went back to normal. Yeah. I was fully shaking for a solid 45 minutes, and then I got in the car, and I was like truly, truly alone, and that was when I cried. Yeah. This is this is our Super Bowl. I'm really glad that we had planned to record the podcast today because like I texted you because you had texted me to be like, are, are, do we do we still want to record today because we had done no preparation for this episode because we assumed as you do that we would have had time today. Silly me thought Ticketmaster would do its job. Ticketmaster never does its job. Nope. Um. And so you were like, should we still record? And I was like, I can't be alone. Yeah. I feel crazy. I feel like I am really glad we're still doing it because I feel like I didn't get to be excited until I came over. Yeah, same. I wasn't like truly, truly excited until I saw Like I was, but like it, it wasn't quite the same. No, I feel like I, I needed you. a little bit of a come down and then I needed to see you and like this is a true victory. Well, and, and for context, I have been to, I think, four... Taylor Swift tours. Um, Abigail has been to nine. No. So this is, I mean, it is the most excited I've ever been for one because this is the first one that I really get to go with like all of my closest friends all at once and my cousin and it's going to be really great. But this is, this is your first one. So this it's like what? you're having yeah. the full, I cannot, I cannot, I mean, I, I obviously can't wait for myself, but I like almost I'm almost as equally excited for you to go because it is such like I don't have it's like such a 
an experience. I'm going to have an absolute breakdown if, no, not if, because she will probably do it. I hope. Enchanted. I will have a breakdown. I will have a breakdown and Perhaps, start sobbing in my I seat. have no, I have no predictions for this tour. I want. Because generally I feel like I know. That's true. But there's so much to tour off of. I know. And I, oh, like, I, so one thing that I'm really worried about is the Swifties are out here on TikTok, mm-hmm. extremely so. Um, and I have gotten to the point where, like, 99.9% of the TikToks that I see on my For You page are Taylor Swift related. Like, it's honestly getting a little annoying, mm-hmm. even for me. And it takes a lot for me to say that. Well. I... I feel like I'm going to have to... So the tour starts, what, at the very beginning of April or, like, late March, right? I think it's very beginning of April in Glendale. Yeah, so we'll have, like, three to four weeks of Taylor tour. I know. That we're going to have to... I don't want to be spoiled. I feel like there's not a reality where I don't look at the set list, but I don't want to see TikToks. I I don't want to see videos. I don't want to see the set list. Normally, normally you you know this. Yes. I like to look up a set list before a show. The thing is, with someone like Taylor, you're going to see a set list and you're always going to be disappointed. That's true. You're always going to be disappointed. There's not a world where I see a Taylor set list and I am 100% happy. Mm. Even though in the moment, in the concert, I'm going to be 100% happy. Does that make sense? Like Yes. Yes. Because you're going to... I'm thankful for what I get. Yes. And I think, oh gosh. Okay, so for context, I was a hater for a long time. I was like until she met me. Yes, so, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, actually, yes. So I was like up at like debut and fearless came out when I was in middle school, and I was very into those two. And then I fell off during like Speak Now and Red, and then I was a full hater during 1989 because I'm not like other girls, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then. I started working with Katie when Lover came out, and Katie made me listen. I was like, just try it. There's got to be something in here for you. And like some of it was, but I still wasn't convinced. There were a handful of songs that you were like, okay, I think I I get it. Yes. I get the the Taylor thing, I think. It it was kind of what I felt was your general vibe. Yes. And then Folklore came out, and I was... Very convinced. And then I went on this little journey of going through her entire back catalog. And I was like, why was I a hater for so long? Being a hater is not fun. Because you're a reputation girly. I am a reputation girly. And reputation came out by the time you were like fully out of the Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I was still. Like circle. I was. Yeah. You were you were so far gone that it wasn't even on your radar. No, no. The only song I think I had ever heard from Reputation up until like three years ago was Look What You Made Me Do. And Delicate because it was sure. on the radio. Sure, sure, and sure. And I yeah. the thing was, I was also I was a hater, but I would also like scream to Delicate when it came on yeah, on the radio. Delicate goes so fucking hard. Yeah. That is like forever like a top 10 Taylor song. Perhaps even top five. That might even be a top five song It, it very well might be. Also, I had heard Endgame, which I still unironically love. I love um, that song. I have really bad Taylor Swift opinions, so everyone <laughs> come for me. I love Endgame. I love It's Nice to Have a Friend. What are the other ones I have that I nobody else likes? <laughs> you're You're just like, I feel like... The reputation stands are few and far between, but man, they are loud. They are loud. 
I'm proud. I do like reputation. And over like you liking reputation so much has made me appreciate reputation Mm. even more in hindsight. And I think it's one of those things that like I didn't love Speak Now that much when it came out. And now I really love it. Yeah. Um, And so I think I think there are some of these things that you look back on with with the benefit of time. Um, and then you compare them to the records that came out before them and after them. And you're like, that was a really interesting kind of moment. Yes. I think my my theme with Taylor is I love her at her most unhinged and melodramatic. Yeah. Which is like speak now and reputation. Well, and it's also what this record is. It's what Midnight's yep. is. Yep. Like she is so fucking over the top on this record. And that's why I love it so much. It. Yeah. And you know. It is it is so much more fun to not be a hater. This right? Is, life is so much more fun. Step into the daylight, yeah. Abigail. Truly. Truly. <laughs> so honestly. Anyway, once again, this is not a Taylor Swift podcast, but perhaps it will be soon because I guarantee you we're gonna talk about this a lot. Welcome to 50%. You will see us in Houston on April 21st. Yep, come find us. Um, I will be wearing a sequin blazer, so you could probably find me. Please find us. That would be amazing. Oh my god, honestly, please. Um, we will I will say it right now before the tour starts, we will do a Taylor Swift themed episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was wondering if we have to do it in April, like to come out right before we go. Yeah. It, yeah. It needs it needs to come out. Um, yeah. We've we've got the first three months of the year to figure it out. So. As we mentioned in the last episode, April will be like the prime of our lives. Our best month. Our best month. We've got new Emily Henry, new Abby Jimenez. We're going to see Taylor Swift. I don't know what else happens in April, but it's sure to be good. It doesn't even need anything else. That's no. all That's all we need. That's fine. Anyway, as Abigail said, welcome to 50%. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Um, and it is November 15th, but it's Christmas. It's Christmas. And I, I am generally not one of those people that, you know, the, the calendar flips from October 31st to November 1st. And I'm like, it's Christmas, but it's cold in Austin this week. Um, we're both wearing sweaters. Yes. Um, so I'm going to say it's Christmas. Yeah. I feel like that's when it hits me is when it starts getting cold. And then yeah. I start getting really excited. Exactly. Exactly. So obviously it's not November 15th when you're listening to this. It is the day before Thanksgiving. I hope you are spending time with your family. But if you are avoiding your family, we've got some Christmas recommendations for you to read this week. Yes. So today we are going to just talk about some of our favorite Christmas romances we've read over the past few years. And yeah, we're going to lean into the holidayness of it all. We are. You know, you're getting three fully Christmas themed episodes from us. You've got this one and we're reading two Christmas themed books as we talked about on our last last episode. So it's going to be a good one. So Abigail. Why don't you start us off by telling me what makes a good Christmas, I'm going to say romance novel, but we're, we're probably going to end up expanding this just a very slight bit, but what makes a good Christmas romance? Mm, great question. So I've thought about this a little bit. I think it has to really lean into cozy which is, I think, kind of my theme on a lot of the romances I really love is that yeah. they're very cozy. You need but a cozy. I need a cozy. But this, but is- a winter cozy is different than like a summer cozy. Oh, absolutely. You love a summer cozy. I, full disclosure, do not really, I don't, 
summer cozy is like an oxymoron to me. Mm, if I think if I think cozy, I think winter. That's fair. I just want to be wrapped in a warm hug all year long. Yeah. I don't know. But I want, what do I want? What I want from a Christmas romance. One, I want a baker. Somebody's got to be baking something. Mm-hmm. Or, or cooking or, or cooking. something. Yeah. yeah, I'll expand it to cooking too. But, yeah. you know, there's got to be... There's got to be a cozy holiday meal or like a cozy drink by a fireplace. Oh, amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, there's, there's got to be a fireplace. I feel like a lot of the ones that I like have like a Christmas themed event. Mm, yes. Uh, I will even expand past cozy into a fancy Christmas party. A fancy Christmas party or like a town, like a very Gilmore Girls-esque. Uh, yes. The town is coming together to throw uh, the, the the fucking nativity or something like that. You know, there's yep. some kind of small town, very, very Hallmark Christmas movie. I also love a Christmas family trip. Mm, that's good. Especially when it's to like a ski lodge or yes. a family cabin. Uh-huh. Anywhere where there's snow. Yep. I love it. Sign me up. You're hitting on all the themes of the books that we're going to talk about. I know I am. One thing, and you know this is like very my niche genre, I love like a second chance romance that's like um, people who knew each other like in high school or college and Mm. they're all coming back to their like small town. (gasps) Yes. Because that's like a very Hallmark movie thing, but it's also a theme in a lot of these Christmas romances that I've read. It's very, um, uh, tis the damn season, if you will. Mm. Um, but, but wholesome, uh, not sketchy. <laughs> tis the damn season. Indeed. What a great song. What a great song. My, perhaps my favorite song <gasps> off of Evermore controversially. No, I fucking I, love that song. It, yeah, uh, Oh my god, it's probably not my favorite, but it is my top three for sure. I I am pretty sure it's my favorite. I love it so much. So but, fucking good. But I love uh I and I think the reason I like it is because it captures that same yes. Like I'm from a small town. You're you're from a small town. Like it like fucking everyone from a small town had that like yes. high school romance that like when you came <gasps> home from the holidays, y'all. Perhaps not got together, but at least had a conversation. I remember texting you when I was driving through my hometown right after Evermore mm-hmm. came out and being like, I'm listening to Tis the Damn Season. I want to text my high school crush. Evermore came out like five days after my wedding and I had to like fully disassociate oh from. <gasps> it yeah, did. I had to fully disassociate from reality and be like, OK, I need to like take away the fact that I'm happily married and put on my, like, melancholy, like, dreaming of, uh, like... My past love. Missed connections from high school or whatever. And Tis the Damn Season, parts of it are so cozy. It's, yeah. It's cozy about being it's, home. It sounds like... Yeah. Welcome to this Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> I'm so, I can't not bring it back around to that. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like, like, a high school friends or high school relations relationship second chance over the holidays kind of thing because i don't know and this is not necessarily christmas but one of the most like visceral memories i have from like college was going home for thanksgiving and the night before thanksgiving was when everyone was out at the bars and when you would see everyone and like that's kind of when some of those like reconnections would happen i can't fucking believe you just said that because as we've been talking about this i'm like 
this is our idea for our romance novel is the night before the Thanksgiving. The night before Thanksgiving. I was remembering because my mom would tell me the same thing of like, that is the night you go out with all your friends. And she would talk about how she was hung over the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I threw up on Thanksgiving in college most years. I used to idealize that night so hard too. I would be like, I'm going to go home and everyone's going to see how hot I got or whatever. Uh, Fucking post Oak Inn in LaGrange, <laughs> Texas. Yeah, I love a I love a vacation. I love like a ski lodge moment. Um Yeah, I I feel like a lot of the ones that I read are similar to the like summer reads that I like where it's mm. like the um um the we go to this lake house every year and yes. it's this, this guy that I knew since I since I was like 5 or whatever and we see each other every year and then eventually we fall in love like those are the summer romances that I really, really love, and a lot of the Christmas ones that I love are similar. I just swooned a little bit. Right? So It's so great. I always think of you as like one of the best cozy readers I know. Mm-hmm. Like when I see you post on Instagram of like you in the morning on the couch with your coffee and my reading. little blanket. Yeah, a little blanket. You're so good at making a little reading space. Mm-hmm. So what is it about reading romance during Christmas and the holiday season that's so much more fun, I feel like? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my romance reading habits definitely pick up in the summer and definitely pick up in the winter. And I think a big reason is that I have more time Mm. being on this like semesterly kind of schedule. We're busy girls. We're busy girls. We live on this like kind of school year schedule because of our jobs. So that's certainly a piece of it. But I think it is because so many romance novels are themed around vacation-y things, either summer or Christmas. Mm. Like, obviously not all of them, but but in terms of like kind of niche genre ones or niche themes, I think it's because... If you're thinking of like niche romances or whatever, like, yeah, there are a lot of Halloween ones, but there's like a lot of summer ones mm-hmm. that take place in like beachy places or on vacation. And then there are a lot of Christmas and holiday themed ones. And so I think we're like, I think we're almost kind of trained yeah. to like those. Um, but also, yeah, there's like, I, f- I love, I love Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas and I just want to be happy and like consume things that make me feel good. And growing up, my grandma watched so much of the Hallmark Channel. Ugh. And so I think she like really conditioned me. Christmas to love- is for romance. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I like grew up watching those movies. And even now, like when I go to their house, like it'll be like, fucking 9 a.m. or something and Mimi's got the Hallmark Channel on and even Poppy is like, oh, this is a good one or whatever because he's seen them all. I love that. Because they've been married for 55 years and it's, I I think that, I think it's just like, I think it's like we're indoctrinated <laughs> to think of Christmas as romantic and I got engaged around Christmas and I got married around Christmas, which is probably fucking because of Hallmark. <laughs> honestly so i think it's just good because like your family's together everyone's in a good mood around like i guess the older we get people get like the holidays get increasingly stressful oh boy isn't that true but it's still generally like good vibes good feelings it's just all it's just all happy feelings and and romance novels are all happy feelings 
Yeah. What about you? What, what? Why do you like to read romance around the holidays? I feel like similar reasons. I think maybe my actual favorite holiday day is Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving Day yeah. is so much fun because you get to just hang around and cook and and eat and eat and then nap and nap and then eat again. And it is the day that like truly marks the Christmas season. Right, it starts it. Yeah, yeah. and so. You know, There's Chris- a lot of um like uh potential energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like Christmas Day is fun and all, but there's always I always cry on Christmas. I feel God, like I me too. I feel like I cry every Christmas. <laughs> and it's like you know, it's like you're saying goodbye to the Christmas and holiday season. Too. Right. It bums me out so much that it's over. Yes. And so that's why I like Thanksgiving a lot because it's like, ooh, it's like the very uh-huh. beginning. It's so exciting. And it is like, okay, now I have like five weeks of like Reading Christmas romance and Christmas shopping and, and like you get looking to see at your lights. friends a lot because like everyone's doing stuff. Yes, yeah. Christmas parties, Christmas parties, and then you get like work parties, which is like fun too. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, it's also good. Anyway, Abigail, tell us about what I what I would perhaps say is our leading Christmas recommendation. Yes, I feel like it has encapsulated every single thing we've talked about thus yes. far. So, written by our queens. Queens? Yes. Plural, Christina Lauren. Uh, this is their Christmas book, In a Holidays, by Christina Lauren, as God, we said. it's so good. It is so cozy. It is so cute. So, we've got our heroine, Maylin, who goes by May, and she goes to this cabin in Utah every year for Christmas with her parents, and they basically have, like, a friend-family reunion. It's all of the parents are fr- like best friends from college and they all come to this cabin and bring their kids. Which is like, this is what I want for our friend group. This is my like aspirational, like in 10 years, I don't know, when we're all like late 30s, early 40s, like this oh. is what I want us to be doing, at least on some small scale. It doesn't have to be a cabin, but like something 100%. like this where all of our families whether we have kids or no kids or partners or no partners or whatever, like this is this is what I want for us. Oh, 100%. It's amazing. So the book opens with her, it's the day after Christmas and the night before she had kissed one of the, one of the other children. Children's not the, they're adults. They're adults, but they're the children of the family. Yes. So the, <laughs> just, the, just in the same way that like we're the children of we're our the families. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're the kids. Yeah. And so, because we don't have kids yet, right? So we're we're still the kids. Yes, yes exactly. Same same idea. So it starts with that that she had kissed one of the one of the fellow kids, but it's the brother of the boy that she's been like in love with her entire life, and the book literally starts with her like sneaking upstairs to talk to her best adult friend about what mm-hmm, happened, mm-hmm. which I love this little relationship in the book. I think it's so cute. It's well, and I love the the like drop in of the act like, you know, we've talked about this before. We like how the books kind of drop in yes. to the action. And so you do feel like you drop like you don't drop into this like, oh, I'm going on this Christmas vacation and I'm, I'm anticipating this. Like you kind of drop into the moment. Yeah. And, and that it's literally the day after Christmas when you drop in and it feels almost like, oh, I missed all the good stuff. Right. But then this is Groundhog Day. Yeah. In Christmas form. So, Maylin, our heroine, goes, starts repeating the vacation over and over and over again. And it is everything I love. Which I, okay, I love this because you know that I, so I read fantasy, but not a ton of fantasy. 
But I really, really love books like this that are mm-hmm. like m- mostly real, but it's like magical realism, right? Yes. So, so not quite fantasy. I like the little touch mm. of fantasy, the little touch of something a little supernatural. And so this is what I love about this book is that everything is normal except she's waking up every day and reliving the same day over and yes. over and over again. Yes. Also, this is such this is kind of a little aside, but it is I feel like one of my favorite things about like being somewhere else during the Christmas season or like when you're on vacation with family or friends or whatever is like when you and like one other person get up early and go just sit mm. and have coffee. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? God, yes, it's so good. Like, or when you like wake up and you hear like one or two other people making coffee and it's like kind of early in the morning. And and you're like, I can bring my book down. Yes, yes. And so one of my favorite parts of this book that is like the coziest part is Malin and one of the other dads, like they always get up early together and have coffee. I love this so much. It's so cute. So it's kind of, it's, it's, this is a, this is a curl up on the couch book, you know, like the character, it's not. A super complex, like, heavy lift of a book. It is cozy. It is basically reliving a Christmas vacation over and over and over again. Yeah, it's so good. If you're, like, maybe not spending Christmas with your family or something this year and you, like, want that feeling, I feel like this is... This is a good one. The the book. Yeah, this is a good one. But I love this book. Um, It has not, like, gotten the best reviews in terms of, like, Christina Lauren books, but... I will fight for this one. Yeah, you know, it's not, is it the best one? No, but is it a great Christmas one? It's so good. It's It's so good. And like another book that we both really love that has also not gotten very good reviews, (laughs) um, perhaps gotten worse reviews um, than In a Holidays did, which is like even more so Christmas candy is Tessa Bailey's Christmas book, Window Shopping. Which I, like, unapologetically love. This one was, it's, like, just, like, a romp. Yeah. It's so fun. So the female lead is a a window display designer, and then... Which is only a character that Tessa Bailey could come up with. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is the specific job. And then the, the love interest is, like, the manager of the department store. And he's like a good old Southern boy. It is, if you will, a sunshine grump. Yes, but reversed. Mm-hmm. The woman is the grump. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a spicy one. It is spicy in, in true Tessa Bailey fashion, which you would not expect because as we have discussed before, Tessa Bailey publishes like a lot of her super, 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 super spicy books with the like classic shirtless man covers yes and the still spicy but perhaps less spicy books are the cartoony covers right and this is the cartoony cover very cartoony very cute oh very cute cover it's so cute i like i'm not sure i would reread this book but i kind of want to own it just because i love the cover it's really beautiful um but she's spicy. She's very spicy. Also, this is a very short read. If I remember correctly, it's under 300 pages. It's very quick. So yeah, if you need some some spice. I really liked this. It was it was very quick and it was kind of one of those insta-love situations yes. where 
they had this instant connection that I don't always super like. Mm -hmm. But with the two of them, I feel like it worked. Yeah. One of the things that sticks out to me when I think about this book is it does do one of the things that I hate, which is when they make like Southern characters lean into it where it's like my Aunt Edna. Or whatever. Yeah, because it's based in New York. And so... I didn't do the accent right. He's from like South Carolina or something. Right. It's based in New York, but like Tessa Bailey makes him like real country. Yeah. Which, yeah, we we are particular about. Yes. So... If, If Tessa Bailey needs to meet some real country people, we can hook her up. But... The thing is, no one would write a romance novel about those guys. I know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason for it. Yeah. If she met them, she'd be like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. So the the overblown countrymen, you know, I don't love it, but it makes sense. It's like one of those goofy things that you would see in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. It's like the very like, howdy, ma'am. Welcome to our town kind of thing, you know? But like more like the like the Georgia accent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't do it because we're Texan. We're Texan. I don't know how Georgians speak. Sorry, yeah. sorry. But I I can only do like the uh, the specific East Texas dialect that most of my family has. But yeah, I I I really unapologetically love those two books, despite um, the the uh, <laughs> the flaws. Yeah. This is this again. This is Christmas candy. This is a big, warm, gooey Christmas cookie. That's the thing. No, there, I have never read a Christmas romance that I was like that. That made me feel the way that like an Emily Henry or an Abby Jimenez or something made me feel. Like it's all very surface level, but like that's what I want. I don't yeah. want to feel too much. Yes, at Christmas. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Right? Yeah. I get what you mean. I want to feel like a tiny bit sad and then it, then very happy. Yes. Yes. Like the the emotional arc. Yeah. Imagine Emily Henry writing a writing of Christmas. Oh my God, please. I don't know if my heart could take it though. <sighs> please. Think of the melancholy. I want it. Emily Henry, if you're listening. I already get kind of sad around the holidays, so I might as well lean in. I, as I've established, I cry at Christmas every year, so this year probably won't be any different. I also always cry at Christmas, but that's usually because I'm drunk and I cry when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got another um, another, another book that you listed that I didn't list, but I fucking love this book. So speaking of being sad during the holidays, my l- other listing is for um, One Day in December by Josie Silver. Oof. Oh, it just rips your heart out. God, it's rough. So this is... Uh, very melancholy. Also, it's set in England, which you know I love. <laughs> I love a cozy British. Uh, but the it's Abigail romance novel bingo. Oh yes, cozy British, something with snow or whatever. I don't know. Um, Christmas, Christmas. There you go. Ish, ish. <laughs> so this is one of those that picks up like the same time over the span of a decade, and it starts with our main characters where. Our female lead, Lori, spots Jack on a bus through a window and is like, holy shit, that's the most gorgeous man I've ever seen. And then keeps running into him. And then it turns out he starts dating her friend. And oof. So this is the kind of insta love that I don't 
always love, mm-hmm. but in the broader scope of this book, I think works. Yes. I think it works because you have that first moment in the book where she sees him and is like, oh my gosh, that guy is gorgeous. Like, And she kind of imagines this you know, love story that they could have. Which I love about this book because this was a thing that I did consistently when mm-hmm. I was single. Like I would see a good looking person that I was attracted to and I would imagine us meeting, imagine what would happen if I introduced myself to them and then like, you know, picture us fucking 15 years from now with kids or whatever. Like I would live that entire life. Right. In that moment. Yes. Always. Yes. And then in this book, they run into each other again. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, the missing piece of all of our, uh, you know, yeah, imagined romance. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it never happened to me either. I don't Because I immediately no. forgot about what the man looked like. <laughs> and then you find another one <laughs> right. to go look at. Yeah. Literally every single day of my life, oh, I had a new, I had a new love story. Oh, there's another one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, Oh gosh, this book is it's it's sad, it's happy, it's like it's kind of a good exploration of like different kinds of love too, like love for a friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also just man, it, it is just like the the epitome of melancholy. I ugly December cried moment. big time at this book, not yeah. even because there were like big sad moments. Like there were there were sad moments, but it was because almost of the like small sad moments. Yes. Oh, those like are the, the ones that get me. Right. Like the day to day. Like it, it, it kind of makes me think of um kind of makes me think of Abby Jimenez a little bit, the way that she writes about missing people and heartbreak mm. and things like that in the small ways that like feels really real. And that's like kind of how this book yeah. Felt for me. This one feels like a good way to kind of think about loneliness during the holidays too. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a place where, you know, maybe you are single or you're missing family or something like that. Right. I feel like it's a lot about, um, yeah, you know, like you said, it's a lot about different kinds of love, um, especially in terms of like finding family and community around the holidays mm-hmm. and like build like building family and making family yeah and like what the holidays can look like for people who don't spend holidays with their family necessarily mm-hmm. um which i really like yeah so if you're looking for this one is cozy but it's not it's not as happy I would put this as a, if we're talking about that dead zone between Christmas and New Year's Eve, when you're Mm. feeling a little down in the dumps that the holidays are quote unquote over. Mm -hmm. This is when, this is when I read this book. I read it in that, in that week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And it was like, um, this book came out in 2018, which is when I met my husband. So he and I had been together for almost a year, but we were not living together at that point Mm -hmm. and I was working at the newspaper and I wasn't getting a lot of time with my family and I was alone a lot and this was when I read that book so even though I wasn't like uh, like 
lonely. Mm-hmm. I was physically alone. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a good, like kind of hit in all the right places. Yeah. Book. Yeah. So if that's what you're looking for. Good stuff. What have you got, Katie? Okay. So I have a few that are like really Christmassy and then I have a few that are wintry. Mm. And some of mine are like very saccharine, sweet, Christmassy. So so I'm going to start with that um, because these are books that you said that you started um, and then you gave up on. Yes. The, uh, so I want to recommend with an asterisk. I want to <laughs> recommend this with an asterisk because I read these books when I had an Audible membership. And so I consumed them on audiobook, which I think is the first form that they were in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that for sure, um, but I'm pretty sure they existed only on Audible and then they turned into eBooks. But Nick and Noel's Christmas Playlist and There's Something About Mary, it's a duology. And it is like, if I had to tell you what a Hallmark movie would be (laughs) in – a book form it is that um they were like i had this i had this audible membership and they were like free with the audible membership basically like i didn't buy them they were included and they were super short they were like 3 hours or 4 hours or something to mm. listen to which in terms of an audiobook is like really really short um and so i was like oh these are like christmas romances i'm totally going to do that And this was, like, around the time of year that I was, like, running around, running a bunch of, like, Christmas-related errands, like, doing Christmas shopping or, like, on my way to, like, my work holiday party or, like, friend stuff or whatever. Um, And then I would come home and the Christmas lights would be out. And so it was just, Mm -hmm. like – and it would be cold outside. And so these are – it's a duology about this, like – friend group in this town that's like it's again very hallmark movie-esque where like all they give a shit about is christmas like yeah this entire family like this woman is named noel the guy is named nick like they're like two family friends um and then the sequel the woman's name is mary m-e-r-r-y of course like all they give a shit about is christmas um And so the, like, all of the, it's, it's like, all of the, (laughs) the stereotypical things that you would see in a Hallmark movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, so you said you started trying to read Nick and Noel's Christmas playlist in an ebook, right? And you gave up on it? Yeah, I don't think I made it that far and it just didn't grab me. Right. And I think, I think audio is perhaps the form to consume these in mm. because they are just like super quick yeah, and a little silly. And so it's like I can imagine them being hard to focus on if you're like sitting down and reading, but right. if you're in the car doing other stuff. Oh, sure. That makes sense. So, so I think these are fun kind of running around audiobooks. Mm. Okay. So the 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 Christmas series that I will fight to the death for is the Moose Springs Alaska series by Sarah Morgenthaler, which I have not read anything else by this author. I genuinely do not even know if she's written anything else besides these books. Um 
I got recommended these books by um, the uh, local Austin like micro influencer, A Little Bit of Fun, who I've told you about before. Mm -hmm. She like posted about these and I was like, I looked, I saw the covers and they're like blue and covered in snow. Um, And I think I saw the first one she recommended um, is called Mistletoe and Mr. Right. And that's the second one in the series. What a title. And so when I saw that, exactly, I was like, I'm in. So then I started at the beginning. So the first book is called The Tourist Attraction. And it's so this entire series is basically about this small town in Alaska that um, is sort of this. It's this tourist town. Um, but the book is kind of, or the books are kind of set from the perspective of the locals who live in this tourist town. It's interesting because I first started reading these books back in 2020 when they were coming out and now we live in a super touristy town. I was just about to say this feels like living in Austin. Yeah, it does feel like living in Austin, which this is like a small, 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 small town, which is different, but it feels pretty similar. So like the first book is based around this man who owns this diner that, uh, yeah, that's kind of touristy. Um, And so it's kind of like this like push and pull of like the tourists um, versus the locals and like the locals discovering or the tourists discovering places that the locals only know about. And it's like this push and pull. And of course, it's like all these locals falling in love with these tourists is basically the theme of this series. Some of them are very explicitly Christmas themed and some of them are more just like it's Alaska and snowy, which is sort of Christmassy because that is the season that a lot of people were coming to this tourist town. But I talk about devouring books. I consumed the first two I think in less than 24 hours because it was during the pandemic. Mm. The first two books came out in 2020 Mm -hmm. and I didn't find out about them until the second one was already out. So I had the first two and I just fucking like snorted them up, man. They are so (laughs) like it is just a little bit of candy cane dust. Yes, it's so good. And then the third one came out in 2021 and there haven't been any more. Sarah Morgan Taylor, if you're listening, please Please. give us more. Please. So there is, according to Goodreads, a book 2.5, which is about the moose. The moose? That I'm his name is Ulysses. Stop. And he's a he's a terror. It's 10 pages. It's an ebook. Um, and I'm I'm about to buy it right now because I haven't read it. I know you've told me about these books, but I feel like listening to you talk about them now, I feel convinced. And this might be my first Christmas read of the season. They really are so – it's just so wholesome and good. I don't know. I can't even really put it into into words. I want to throw in an honorable mention for Jasmine Guillory's Christmas book, Royal Holiday, which is in her proposal series, Mm -hmm. but it's the mom of one of the characters in that series. So it's like a left turn from some of her other books because it's like a mature woman and it's like Christmas Prince vibes, um, but an older woman. Christmas Prince is one of the most 
ridiculous things I've ever sat through in my entire life. As is this book. So. It's good. It's really good. I really loved this because it was so refreshing to read, like, an older woman's perspective on romance. And I mm. thought it was, like, a really interesting creative choice by Jasmine Guillory mm-hmm. to, like, write from that perspective rather than, like, a young woman. Mm-hmm. I also want to throw in Jenny Bayless has some pretty solid Christmas books. I would never super strongly recommend them, but they are there and they are, they scratch an itch. Mm. We'll take it. They're solid. It is. It is. So what Christmassy books are you looking forward to reading this year? Ooh. So besides our book club picks for December, which we will talk about shortly. Yes. I have two that I have on my TBR for the season. Please talk to me about this first one. So the first one was one I requested on NetGalley a few months ago, and I was approved for it. Obviously, haven't read it yet because it's Christmas, but it's called A Cat Cafe Christmas. I cannot wait to find out (laughs) about this book. So it's A Cat Cafe Christmas by Cody Gary. But I'm just going to I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from the NetGalley blurb, which I wouldn't normally do this for this kind of episode, but I don't think I can summarize it any better. I'm so ready. So here we go. Veterinarian and animal lover Kara Ingalls needs a Christmas miracle, opening the Meow and Forever Cat Cafe to find loving homes for adorable, <laughs> adoptable cats was a dream come true. But with more cats than customers, it's quickly turning into a nightmare. <laughs> If Kara can't figure out some way to get the cafe out of the red, oh no, it won't last past the holidays. Meanwhile, marketing guru Ben Reese may be annoyingly smart and frustratingly bossy. Of course he's in marketing. Of course he is. Oh, but when he hatches a plan to put the cafe in the green by Christmas, Kara realizes she'd be a fool to turn down his help. And so what if he turns out to be an excellent problem solver and nerdy hot? A hey. He can't even handle fostering one little kitten. <laughs> she needs to keep their relationship professional and focus on saving the cafe. Amazing. But if Ben and Kara can set aside their differences and find homes for all the cats by Christmas, they might discover that <laughs> by risking their hearts, they'll have their own perfect holiday together. Unbelievable. I'm smiling so hard my cheeks hurt because that sounds so great. And I hate that I haven't requested it on NetGalley until now. Even if I don't get approved for it on NetGalley, I will be reading this book. This is a Hallmark movie. Uh, I I was just thinking that. I need this to be turned into a Hallmark movie because I can literally picture, like, all of these cats jumping on this man who, like, very clearly hates cats. Yes. Um, Just, like, like cat piling, dog piling onto him. <laughs> cat piling. <laughs> is what I'm picturing. And him being like, ugh. Get them off of me. <laughs> I can't wait for a scene where one of them scratches his precious Italian loafers. Oh, yeah. That's going to happen yeah. 100%. 100%. I'm going to report back. It's going to happen. This sounds great. We're going to get a good cat character, I bet, too. We've got I a lot know. of good dog characters. Not a ton of good cats. So I'm so excited. So, yes. Uh, this sounds like the perfect kind of ridiculous. The One of the taglines for it is it's... An opposites attract romance about the three of the world's most beloved seas, Christmas, coffee, and cats. (laughs) So if any of that appeals to you, please read A Cat Cafe Christmas with me and report back. 
So the other one I'm looking forward to reading has my other favorite things. Yeah. Silly rich people. Tell us about it. Silly rich people. Okay. This one, you know what? This is kind of fun. I'm going to read the description for this one. Yeah, this is good. So. Okay. First, we need to talk about the cover of this book. Um, yes. Where there is a man and a woman. The woman is holding what appears to be a Yorkie with his tongue sticking out, which is my favorite part of this cover. Yeah. Um, but the man is holding a poster board that says Duke Actually, which is the name of the book. Of the book. And it's written by an author named Jenny Holiday. Amazing. Incredible. What else was she going to do with her life if not write Christmas romance? Jenny, I hope this is your real name and not a... Not a very... Not well, a pen name. Yeah. yeah, not a pen name. So, it's got all of my favorite things. Give it to us. So, this is the description for this one. There's a royal wedding on and things are about to get interesting. Meet the man of honor. Tell us his name. Maximilian von Hansburg, <laughs> Baron of Loudon, and heir to the Duke of Akia. These are not real places. I think or you're making it more Spanish than it is. Oh, am I? <laughs> it's probably a, a Aquila, I would imagine, because I imagine they're British. <laughs> he looks British on the cover. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, he is not having a Merry Christmas. He's been dumped by a princess. He's unemployed and his domineering father has sent him to New York to meet a prospective bride he has no interest in. Amazing. In the city, he meets Danny Martinez, a smart and gorgeous professor he's determined to befriend before their best friends marry in the Eldovian wedding of the century. Okay, pause. Great. I need to talk about how much I love made-up countries. I... (laughs) Need to talk about how much I hate made-up countries. I love it so much. It's Princess Diaries vibes forever. Um, And if Princess Diaries didn't exist, I would probably hate this, but I love it. I hate this because I grew up reading books like these, like Princess Diaries, which I read way too young. I think I was in like fourth grade when I read them. They are not books you should read in fourth grade. No, especially because when you're in fourth grade, you think those are actual countries. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I have beef. Problem. That is my beef with real with fake countries is that I was bamboozled. It's like when I was reading those like Come to America diaries. Oh, yeah. And when I found out they were not real diaries uh-huh. written by historical women. Yeah. My heart broke. Yeah. So I've got beef with Eldovia, Genovia. Uh, all of them. So continuing on with this. Let's meet the best woman. Meet the best woman. The best woman. Newly single, no-nonsense New Yorker Danny is done with love. She even has a list entitled Things I Will Never Do Again for a Man. Amazing. Incredible. I love her. She's right. She's automatically correct. I don't even care what's on the list. No. I'm in. She's in. I'm in. Uh, Which is why she hits it off with the notorious rake. Holy shit, we got the word rake. Finally. Amazing. Like, what, six months into us doing this podcast, I can't we come across it, the word rake? I can't believe it took so long. Unbelievable. She hits it off with a notorious rake, Max. Maximilian. He's the perfect partner for snow angels in Central Park and deep conversations about the futility of love. It's all fun and games until their friendship deepens into attraction. And oops. Falling in love was never part of the plan. Uh, We've got a wedding. 
We've got rich people doing silly things with silly names. There's clearly a dog. There's clearly a dog. Who is doing a blip on the cover. Amazing. Look at this blip. I know. It's amazing. No, I blew it up. Oh. Look at this blip. Oh, (laughs) that's, I can't even call that a blip. That's full tongue out. (laughs) That's full mouth open. tongue out, yeah. Holy shit. This is. I'm so excited to read this. And there, it's clearly at least tangentially inspired by Love Actually. A, because of the cover and B, because of the like poster board of it all. Yes. Also, it looks like this is a sequel to (gasps) one called A Princess for Christmas. Oh, my God. So it looks like we're dropping in, potentially. Jenny, okay. Hang on. Let me go back. Oh, A Princess for Christmas is $1.99 Kindle edition right now. So here I go. Buy now with one click. There I go. I own it. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) That's all it took. $1.99. That's how fast you can get me to spend $1.99. Entertainment Weekly calls her a master of witty banter, so I've got high hopes for this one now. I'm very excited about Duke, actually. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah. I I can't wait. Yeah. All right, Katie, what have you got for the season? So the first one that I want to talk about is a book that we strongly, strongly, strongly considered doing for one of our December book clubs. Yes. Because I love Alison Cochran. Because she wrote The Charm Offensive, which is the book that I've talked about on this podcast before, um, that is very um, like Bachelor-esque, where it was the guy who went on this like Bachelor-esque TV show um, to date all these women, but he falls in love with his male producer. Yes. Um, And I loved that book. and so Alison Cochran's next book, which came out earlier this month, came out at the beginning of November, is called Kiss Her Once for Me. And it is another queer book. Um, and it is between two women this time. And it is um, based in Portland. They have a Christmas Eve meet cute at a bookstore. Fuck yeah. Oh, which I love. I'm in. Um, and then they like, from what I can glean from the blurb, they like spend that entire kind of evening night together. Oh my God. Have this like whirlwind romance. But then the next morning reality sets in and shit kind of hits the fan. So, so I'll read the blurb. Go ahead. Since we're doing that. Yeah. One year ago, recent Portland transplant. Ellie Oliver had her dream job in animation and a Christmas Eve meet cute with a woman at a bookstore that led her to fall in love over the course of a single night. But after a betrayal the next morning and the loss of her job soon after, she finds herself adrift, alone, and desperate for money. So presumably this is the aftermath of that Mm -hmm. night. Finding work at a local coffee shop, she's just getting through the days until Andrew, the shop's landlord, proposes a shocking drunken plan a marriage of convenience <gasps> that will give him his recent inheritance and alleviate Ellie's financial woes and isolation. Stop. They make a plan to spend the holidays together at his family cabin <gasps> to keep up the ruse. Oh my Do you God. know where this is going? 
But when Andrew introduces his new fiance to his sister. Stop, stop, stop. Ellie is shocked to discover it's Jack, the mysterious woman she fell for over the course of one magical Christmas So now Ellie must choose between the safety of a fake relationship and the risk of something <gasps> real. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the blurb says it's perfect for fans of Written in the Stars, the Alexandria Bellaflora book Ooh. that I loved, and One Day in December. <gasps> It's the queer holiday rom-com that you'll want to cozy up to next to the fire. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh. Oh. I'm so excited. I had not read the blurb for this. I just knew we were excited about it because. Allison Cochran. Yeah. 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 But I hadn't read the blurb. I had it requested on NetGalley, but I just did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is one of my over Thanksgiving in Colorado by the fire books. This is this is what I'm going to read. What am I going to read first? Oh my god. I'm so excited for this book. I'm so excited for this. I've had it in my net galley, so it came out in, in November 1st. I must have requested it like over the summer and I've been just like anxiously waiting for the right time to read it. I'm so excited. This is incredible. I the the biggest problem I'm going to have after this is what am i gonna what am i gonna do first what what's gonna get bumped to the top it will not surprise you to know that i made a spreadsheet (laughs) to plan my holiday reading you're gonna have to share it with everybody now Mm, some of some of it's old i don't know if it's fit for public consumption (laughs) my second out of three books that i'm very excited about reading this year one of them is by Lindsay Kelk. Um, it's called The Christmas Wish. And it feels a little bit of like a ripoff of In a Holidays, but I'm not going to say it's in a bad way because I like Lindsay Kelk. Um, but it is um, Groundhog Day where the lead character wakes up and it's Groundhog Day over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I'll, I, I shall read this blurb. Newly single lawyer Gwen Baker is hoping that a family Christmas, countryside, a mountain of food, and festive films will salve the sting of her career hanging by a thread and her heart being trampled on. Because everyone else has their life sorted, even Dave, her boy next door crush, mm. is now a tall, dark, and handsome stranger with a fiancé. She can't help wishing her future was clearer. Then Gwen wakes up to discover it's Christmas Day all over again. Oh, no. Like Groundhog Day, but with eggnog and family arguments on repeat. Incredible. As she figures out how to escape her own particular Christmas hell, Dave is the one bright spot. He might be all grown up, but underneath he's just as kind and funny as she remembers. Right? It's very cute. Oh, I picture this being very similar to like Just Friends. <sighs> the movie. I do love that movie. Mm-hmm. Which is a Christmas movie. I know. I kind of forget it's a Christmas movie until I start watching it again. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit. Like, There's a lot of Christmas in there here. There is a lot of Christmas. Yeah. I picture it like Just Friends, but Groundhog Day. <laughs> mm. Yeah. This feels this feels very cute to me. This feels cute. Yeah. This feels less salacious and more cute. Mm-hmm. And then, as I mentioned, Jenny Bayless, whose Christmas books... I like, again, I cannot like super, super strongly recommend them, but they are consistent. I've read all of them. Okay. So that'll tell you something. Great. 
Um, they're solid. She has a new book called Meet Me Under the Mistletoe, which is, of course, about the owner of a bookstore. And, of course, it takes place in the English countryside. Of course. So Amazing. there is that. So you're going to laugh at the name. Her Noel Nori, for short. Stop. Uh-huh. Is quite content running her secondhand bookshop in London. Amazing. Forever torn between her working class upbringing and her classmates' extravagant lifestyles at the posh private school she attended on scholarship, Nori has finally figured out how to keep both at equal distance. So when two of her oldest friends invite their whole gang to spend the time leading up to their wedding at the castle near their old school. Oh my gosh. Yep. Nori must prepare herself for an emotionally complicated few days. The reunion brings back fond memories, but also requires Nori to dodge an ill-advised former fling when she falls quite literally into the arms of Isaac, the castle's head gardener, who has nothing but contempt for the, quote, snobby prep school kids. The attraction between them is undeniable, and as Nori spends more time with Isaac during the wedding festivities, she finds herself falling hard for the boy she used to consider an enemy. Nori and Isaac explore their common ground, but pressures mount on all sides, and Nori must decide what kind of life she wants to live and what sort of love is worth the risk. This checks all the Abigail boxes. This really does. We've got Mm -hmm. English countryside. We've got a bookstore. We've got a wedding. We've got enemies to lovers. Burr, a burr, friend burr, burr. trip. Yeah, a friend trip. I like Jenny Bayless. I feel like I have not given her enough love because I'm like very like, it's good. It's good. She's good. She's good. Mm-hmm. She's not, but I'm not going to go hard for her, but I, I will read every book she puts out. Yeah, this sounds a, this sounds like a good, good little piece of Christmas candy. And, and Jenny Bayless is not spicy. Mm. It's very like wholesome Hallmark movie. Okay. So that's good. So yeah. if that's if that's what you like. Well, before we talk about the two Christmas reads that we're doing for our book clubs in December, um, which we did already talk about at length, so we'll just go over them again. But before that, what are you reading right now? So I just finished Notes on an Execution mm. that we talked about last episode. Not Christmas candy. No. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to do two at once, which I don't usually do, and I failed miserably. So I am currently a little bit still in the beginning of The No Show by Beth O'Leary, which I am really excited to read, but it's a lot of characters right now. And I think mm. after a very heavy read like Notes on an Execution, I think I might need to put this one down and pick up something really easy and sweet and saccharine and give this one more attention it deserves. Because mm. I really like Beth O'Leary and I have heard a lot of really good things about this one. But I think after, like I said, after a heavy serial killer book, I think I need something silly. Right. So... um. I will get to it, absolutely. I think I just might need to take a pause and start really leaning into the silly Christmas, and maybe I'll start Cat Cafe Christmas when I get home. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Yeah. What are you reading right now? So, I just finished yesterday, perhaps the day before. Um, I have an early copy of the sequel to Delilah Green. Ah! Um, that I just finished. It's called Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. So it is about Astrid, Delilah's 
stepsister. Um, I loved this book. I I really liked Delilah Green, but this I really, really loved. Um, and we were talking before we started recording about this book. Um, I was a little hesitant about this book, which I voiced to you before when we first found out that this was about Astrid because in the first book, Astrid broke off her marriage to a man mm-hmm. um, because he was awful. Yes. Very obviously awful. Terrible man. Um, and so she was the natural person for a sequel to be about. Um, but for me, it felt a little... So 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 Delilah was in this friend group or like got into this friend group that was mostly queer. Mm-hmm. But Astrid was the only straight woman or at least at the time we thought she was the only straight woman. And so when I found out that this book was going to be about Astrid falling in, in love with a woman, I was like, that feels really surprising and like almost forced Mm -hmm. it it felt a little like disingenuous to me Mm -hmm. um but i take all of that back because this romance felt like honestly more realistic to me than the initial one did Mm. um it's very i love like an hgtv let's redo this house romance i know that's so cheesy but i love it oh amazing um it's an enemies to lovers it's kind of a slow burn I loved it so much. I loved it. This is great news because I felt the same way you did. And so I am very happy to have you come back and be like, none of that matters. Like, I take it back. Yeah. And and Astrid's kind of journey of realizing that she's queer is like talked about quite a bit in, in the book. And it's like addressed in a way that makes sense. Mm. And it really builds up the character of Iris, who the third book is about. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Because I know you didn't like Iris, and I did. I know. And I think you'll like her a lot in this one. Yeah. Because she's more three-dimensional. Ooh, okay. Noted. Mm-hmm. This might be one I do after all my Christmas, because I think I'm truly going to lean into the Christmas of it all right now. Yeah, this is a, this is a good post-Christmas one, I think. I think it, like, this is timeless. It's HGTV- they're remodeling like an inn, like a hotel, like a bed and breakfast kind of situation. Oh, amazing. It's very good. Incredible. I loved it. So we are reading two Christmas books. All right. So the first one we're going to do is You're, You're a, mean- a Mean One. <laughs> Matthew Prince. I can't not. <laughs> I can't read the book. I can't read the title not in that like timbre. I like not in that voice. Like it's not I can't not do it. So this is gonna be our first uh queer book with two male leads. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. And this is actually the second in a series. Oh, we didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realize it until today when I was like looking around. Well, that's um, okay. And it's the first book is not Christmassy, mm-hmm. and this one is. Yeah. Um, but this has been like well reviewed, but it's blurbed from Rachel Lynn Solomon, who I love. It's blurbed oh. by Alexandria Bellaflor, who I love. Suzanne Park, who I love. Allison Cochran blurbed it. A real who's who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I think we should read the blurb because we didn't read it last time. Oh, okay. Katie, would you like to read the blurb? I would love to. <laughs> I haven't read the blurb yet either. I just vaguely kind of know what it's I have about. skimmed it. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Let's go. <laughs> Here I go. Matthew Prince is young, rich, and thoroughly spoiled. So what if his parents barely remember he exists and the press is totally obsessed with him? He's on top of the world. But one major PR misstep later and Matthew is cut off and shipped away to spend the holidays in his grandparents' charming small town hellscape. Population, who cares? Yes! <laughs> this feels like it happened one summer a tiny bit. Yeah, I was going to say this is like Shit's Creek, which mm-hmm. Shit's Creek is like it happened one summer, which amazing. is like this. Wow. Amazing. Incredible. Keep going. It's bad enough he's stuck in some festive winter wonderland. It's even worse that he has to share space with Hector Martinez, an obnoxiously attractive local who's unimpressed with anything and everything Matthew does. Just when it looks like the holiday season is bringing nothing but heated squabbles, the charity gala loses its coordinator. Yes, this is what I want. This is what I want. Yes. An event. And Matthew steps in as a saintly act to get home early on good behavior (gasps) Ah! with Hector as his maddening plus one. But even a Grinch can't resist the unexpected joy of found family. And in the end, the forced proximity and infectious holiday cheer might be enough to make a lonely prince's heart grow three sizes this year. Forced proximity. Ah! Forced proximity. Amazing. Rich people. Events. I love it so much. I'm... I am so excited. And as we have briefly discussed, Ch- Timothy Janowski has had a hell of a year. He's released multiple books, and I haven't read any of them, and I am so excited to give him the respect that I know he deserves because oh. I feel really confident that we're going to love this. I do, too. I'm so, so, so excited. I'm so excited to, we- to read a queer book that's about two men. I'm so excited to read this book specifically. I'm so excited. I Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that's going to be our first Christmas read. Yeah, number one, that'll come out earlier in December. We're going to get all of these out before Christmas. So we're going to come out of our release schedule like a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. So just just read both of these right quick back to back. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll read the blurb for the next one at the end of uh, our next episode. Yes. But, but that one is Merry Little Meet Cute. Yes. So go ahead and get your copy of that from our bookshop or, um, I don't know, ask for a gift card to bookshop or yeah. go to your local bookstore. It's the holiday season. Please um, support support your local bookshops. We Yeah, I, we won't reveal it right now. Um, don't read the blurb, perhaps, if you can help it, but I think you'll all be very excited about Yay! this one, as we are, because it also has some great things that we love, and I think it's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Well, um, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, it is the day before Thanksgiving, so I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving, whether you're with your families or with your found families or whoever you prefer to be spending your time with, Um, even if it's us. And if it's us, that's very nice. Yeah, we're all very thankful for you guys. We are. have made these past few months a lot of fun as we've been doing this, so... Indeed. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's time for Christmas. It's time for Christmas. And if you're shopping this holiday season, may we suggest... <laughs> may we suggest... Shopping our bookshop. Um, 
it it really does help us a lot, but also we really love to share book recommendations with people. So um, even if you don't buy from us, at least if you get recommendations from us, that makes us very happy. So, yep. And we'll have a whole list of all these Christmas reads on our we bookshop will. by the time this episode is up. So um, yeah, you'll have one little easy one-stop shop. Enjoy. Merry Thanksgiving, Miss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> happy, happy all the holidays. Happy everything. Happy everything. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>